2: Welcome to Wolf 359. This is the audio log of communications officer Doug Eiffel, recording from the comms room of the USS Hephaestus station. Welcome to day 530 of our little camping trip to the Leo Constellation just in time for today's weather.
0: Attention, crew members. It seems that the ion wind cluster that I've been monitoring for the past 11 hours is veering towards us after all. Oh, balls. I'd hoped to avoid any direct contact with this anomaly, but its path is shifting faster than I can adjust our trajectory, and it's now in a direct intercept vector. Please take a moment to ensure that all of the cautionary measures we discussed earlier have been properly implemented. The interior environment of the Hephaestus should remain largely undisturbed, but brace yourselves for light turbulence and impaired functionality in some of our electrical systems for the next three and a half hours. Thank you.
2: I swear to God. If it's not a passing comet, it's a solar flare. If it's not a flare, it's a geomagnetic storm. Now it's an ion wind. Who knew there could be so much freaking weather without an atmosphere?
3: Eiffel, you locked down the solar panels this afternoon, right? I want to make sure that we're ready for whatever this ion wind thing can throw our way.
2: Can we ever really be ready for anything, Commander?
3: I just want to know if we're safe.
2: Define safe.
3: Eiffel, come on. It's a simple question.
2: Or is it?
3: Are you done now?
2: Yeah, I think it ran its course.
3: Did you have fun? Eh,
2: not really. Low-hanging fruit. But yeah, I closed up the panels this morning and double-checked to make sure they're set about an hour ago. Hatches are battened down. Oh. Good.
3: Might just get through this without too much damage.
2: Riders on the storm, man. Riders on the storm. Whoa, haven't heard that one in a while. What is that? Pulse beacon relay receptor. Basically, one way space fax. Looks like something's coming down the pipeline from our friends over at Canaveral.
3: We're getting a message from Command?
2: It's been a while, hasn't it? Whatever happened to those weekly calls from Mom and Dad? What's it say? Decoding transgalactic transmissions ain't like dustin' crops, farm girl. Give me a moment. Here we go. Let's see. <clears throat> the golden rose is ready for melting. Proceed with designation alpha. Beware, five. The empty man has awoken?
3: What? Give me that. Well, that makes no sense. You must have transcoded it wrong.
2: Uh Uh-uh. Well, I won't deny that that's totally something that could theoretically happen. If there'd been a transcription error, we wouldn't be looking at words. We'd have, like, I don't know, random strings of ampersands and sevens. I don't know what they're playing at, but this is the message Command wanted us to have.
3: But it makes no sense.
2: Uh, yeah. I'm kind of relieved we agree about that.
3: Well... Can we radio them and ask for a clarification?
2: Unfortunately, the good folks at Goddard Futuristics spared every expense when they put this boat together. We only get high-speed cable vision for the incoming. We're still on dial-up for the outgoing. We can send something, but it'll take about two weeks to get a message back to Earth. And that's if this ion thing doesn't slow it down.
3: So then, what the hell are we supposed to do with this?
2: Hang on, I've got an idea. Dr. Hilbert, you copy? Loud and clear, Eiffel. What is it? The words Golden Rose or Designation Alpha mean anything to you? What? Why? We just got a weird-ass telex from command. or We're trying to make heads or tails of it.
3: Read him the other thing, the thing about the man.
2: Oh yeah, uh, the empty man has awoken. Ring any gongs? Afraid not, Eiffel. Not entirely sure what that could be a reference to. Hmm, well, worth a shot. Oh, uh, un momento, por favor, Dr. Hilberto. Looks like we're getting another wire. Alright, let's see. The Andromedas are broken. The northern light should be reversed. Alert 4. The empty man approaches. Have, like, a whole bunch of drugs been made legal while we've been up here? Am I missing out on that?
3: Alright, hang on. Let's look at this thing rationally. So the first two sentences of both of those messages make completely no sense, right? Right. 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 But then the second has followed a pattern. It's a warning, then something about this empty man, whatever that is.
2: Yeah, and then there's those numbers. Five on the first one, then four on the second one. A countdown maybe? What happens when we run out of numbers? The empty man cometh?
3: Look, for the time being, we have no idea what these messages mean, so let's not get worked up about them. If command is trying to warn us about something, there's not much we can do about it just from these messages. So let's focus on what we do know is real, like this ion cloud we're about to go through.
2: All right? Yeah. Indeed. Good plan. The frozen pages are blank. Decide what to do with the time that is given to you. Emergency 3. The Empty Man Hungers.
3: On second thought, I'm gonna inspect the armory to make sure that all of our stores are in good working order.
2: And I'm going to run a few security checks on our airlock perimeter. Right, yeah, good plans. I'm just gonna hold down the fort here, I guess. Um, one second, dear listeners. Hi again, folks. It's been about three hours since I turned off the recorder. Things have been pretty quiet. Minkowski and Hilbert have been checking the station systems, making sure that nothing is too far out of the norm. They've locked up all of the airlocks and access points, so we should be pretty safe based on our limited perception of safety.
3: Alright, just finished our third sweep through the station and everything is locked up tight.
2: The sensory alarm system is calibrated to its most sensitive setting. If anything other than ourselves moves throughout the station, we should know about it.
3: And I've retrieved two of the handguns from the armory, so if and when this empty man thing shows up, we should be ready for it.
2: Only two guns? There's three of us.
3: Hilbert's not a trained marksman, and I'm not putting a gun in the hand of a civilian just yet. It's you and me, Doug.
2: Oh, great. The full whoa. What the hell was that?
3: Easy, Eiffel. We're hitting the worst of the ion winds. That's our scheduled turbulence. How you doing, Hera? Uh,
0: acceptable, Commander, although certain systems are beginning to show signs of strain.
3: Do your best to keep things under control. Let us know if anything goes seriously wrong.
2: Hey, on the plus side, at least we haven't had any other messages from command, so maybe this whole thing is just blown... You had to say something. You had to open your mouth. <sighs> the broken flower is in the vase. Don't listen to your eyes. Danger, too. The empty man sees you. Okay, officially now, what the hell? What's coming towards us? What? What is this apparently indescribable thing? Don't freak.
3: I don't like this any more than you do, but we're still on a space station eight light years away from Earth. Things can't just show up on our doorstep.
2: You know, Commander, that would be a pretty good argument if we didn't have a crazy plant monster living in our air vents, or if we didn't get weird whispers when we lost power. Honestly, there's a lot of stuff that goes down around here that really shouldn't be possible, but here we are. Hera, are there any objects or crafts on approach vector towards the Hephaestus?
0: No, Dr. Hilbert, not at the moment.
3: Hera? You don't sound very confident.
0: Well, the ion winds are interfering with my sensory instruments, and my visibility of the airspace around the Hephaestus is down to 81%. Nothing is showing up on my sensory input, but I'm working with blind spots. However, the possibility of an object being nearby is... Mathematically unlikely.
2: Mathematically unlikely? That's the best we can do right now?
0: I'm sorry. I'm dealing with a rather extreme weather condition here, and that boarding party wasn't exactly something I prepped for this morning. Visibility down
2: to 56%. Oh, this just keeps getting better and better. there's no way out. There's no way out. But there is a way in. Danger one. The empty man shall knock. Hero?
0: Still at zero sensory contact. Visibility down to 37%.
2: Is there anything we can do to get out of here? Can we put the station in reverse and back out of this cloud or something?
3: Hera's already using all of our engine power to compensate for the ion winds. If she tried to change course now, we might end up in. And- quiet!
2: Don't you hear that? What's that? could just be side effect of the ion winds. They're going through the first of it now. It might be exerting enough energy on the ship to cause temperature fluctuation. It could just be metal in the ship's hull expanding a bit. There are a lot of coulds in that explanation, Doctor.
3: Hira, is anything going on with our hull?
0: Not as far as I can tell, Commander, but visibility is down to 9%. I'm basically flying blind in the next few minutes.
2: just the Hephaestus compensating for the weather conditions. Atmospheric regulators, parametric stabilizers, all just doing their job. It's all regular noises in the process of keeping the interior of the Hephaestus a warm and stable environment.
3: Are you sure about
2: that, Doctor? No, but I like the sound of my voice a lot better than the sounds of what's going on out there. Simply the hull cooling after coming into contact with a unusually warm pocket of gas that's been swept up in the wake of the ion winds. What are the odds of that being the case, Doctor? Within the realm of the possible. Barely. What's the other option? Something's walking on the outside of the Hephaestus. Oh, it's him. It's definitely him. Shh. Stop that.
3: We don't know that, Eiffel. Listen to Dr. Hilbert. It could just be the station reacting to the ion cloud. There's a perfectly reasonable explanation
2: here. Come on, Commander. After all the crazy whamma jamma that we've seen up here, and with command breaking radio silence for the first time in months to warn us, yes, there is a perfectly reasonable explanation, and it is that the empty, hungry thing is out there right now, about to go big bad wolf on our straw house. Kira, there's nothing moving
3: inside the station aside from the three of us, right?
0: That's correct, Commander.
3: And all of the entrances to the station are still closed, right? Right, er, uh,
0: yes, sure. Probably? Probably? I... I I'm having some trouble connecting to deck airlock number three. I'm getting some low-level electromagnetic interference. Climate and pressure controls register as normal, but... I cannot confirm that the airlock has not been
2: opened. Zero, the empty man is with you. Extreme danger. Zero, the empty man is with you. Extreme danger. Fun.
0: Lights back to nominal in exactly one second.
2: Oh god damn it. What? You have got to be kidding me. What? Those sons of bitches? What? what? Oh. The preceding six pulse beacon relays that you have received have been part of a psychological experiment. Please disregard the content of these messages and return to regular operational activities as soon as possible. Please record and clearly label any unusual crew behavior, deviation from protocol, or undue lack of decorum that resulted on account of the transmission of these messages in your daily logs. Thank you for your cooperation.
0: Well, following that, this is going to seem a lot less sexy, but I'm happy to report that we're finally starting to move past the Ion Wind cluster. Visibility to normal and system stabilizing. I can confirm that there are no outside presences or life forms with any degree of nutritional insufficiency at this time.
2: Thank you, Hira. Those bastards, how dare they put us through something like that? It's cruel. And sick! And other adjectives! What kind of person is deranged enough to call that an experiment? Relax. We've
3: all had enough excitement for one evening. Come on, let's all just take a moment to cool off, gather ourselves, and really reflect on how horrible
2: what was just done to us was. Commander, you're not going to just leave things at that, are you?
3: Oh, don't worry. I think you'll find that... What did you say it was? Two weeks? Two weeks from tomorrow, the folks at command are going to get a fantastically worded message from the three of us, telling them exactly what we thought of their little test. I just wouldn't want to spoil something like that by rushing into it. I think, gentlemen, we need a proper night's sleep to really let our anger reach its full potential.
2: I concur wholeheartedly, Commander. If you require any sentiments beyond the reach of the English language, I am happy to supply alternatives in Russian, Norwegian, German, Swedish, or Afrikaans. Hey kids, I'll log it in all six.
3: Sounds good. Good night, Eiffel,
2: doctor. Good night, all. Good night. Oh, hell, speaking of logs, I guess you caught all of that, so you might be able to pick up on the effect your twisted experiment had on us. Hint, it was awful! Sorry if things got a bit crazy for a while there, dear listeners, but, well, you see the kind of things we have to deal with. And I used to complain about my boss at Pizza Hut. Anyway, from the USS Hephaestus Station, this is communications officer Doug Eiffel, signing off. Good night, folks. This has been Wolf 359, written and directed by Gabrielle Urbina. The roles of Eiffel and Hilbert were played by Zach Valenti. The role of Minkowski was played by Emma Jarko and the role of Hero was played by Michaela Swee. Original music by Alan Rohde, and audio recording by Jared Paul. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, please consider taking a moment to leave a review on our iTunes page. Reviews will only be used to let other people know about the show, not as the basis for a creepy psychological experiment. We promise. Visit us at wolf359.fm or follow us on Twitter at wolf359radio for more information on our show. The Fable
0: and Falling Network, where fiction producers flourish.
1: Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. You know what? I should have that deep-voiced chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the... Um, oh, the, the strange the, name. Yes. Like uh, a fruit. the Red pepper, yes. Pepsi. yes. It, <coughs> In a world where something, something, something... That's the one? Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. <laughs> Save that for later. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before? <laughs> uh, oh, yes, that's a, oh that, that was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right, you are. <coughs> In a world... You- oh, great normal. Uh Uh-oh, Earl Grey, please. In a world where ghosts and angels walk amongst us... Float! They float! uh, At float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh, God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's gonna have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic medium... (coughs) My throat. Oh, uh, Magenta? I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Can you imagine that? Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, Yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. Here we go again. What do you want? From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.